Hey, welcome to NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Hey, we got a great show lined up today. We're going to be focusing on a couple missions from NASA Dryden Flight yep, Research Center certainly. in California, mm-hmm. on Edwards Air Force Base. That's right. Uh, but before we actually get to those uh, topics, uh, we're going to have a little game we're going to play this morning. Yes, but I have an important announcement before we get started. Okay. If you know the Mitchell Report lately came out, I just wanted to let the record show that I have uh, never taken steroids of any kind. Uh, I'm clean. As a matter of fact, the only juice I've had is like um, orange juice and occasional when I'm reckless pomegranate juice. It's no, good. so I'm clean. I don't know about the rest of you guys. Well, but Blair, one thing that's happened, you've gotten smarter. Yeah, that, that's, that's... Yes. Yeah, that's, that's right, you're with the media, not right. training. Exactly. That's, that's correct. And you're so, becoming more of an insider. I just, you know, I know that uh, I'm a professional, and I am, I am athletic, right. but I have never taken any of this. Well, I tell you, no, uh, tell you what, enough about you and your ego for right okay. now, but let's get to the game. Because <laughs> that's, that's kind of the focus here in this segment. Well, well I had to start before the game because I'm going to beat everybody and I didn't want you to attribute okay. it to steroids. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to play we're going to play a new game. It's called the 50th anniversary game. As you know, it's it's the 50th anniversary yes, for NASA. For NASA. And so uh, we're going to play a little game between Franklin you and I, okay. where we have to come up with the top 5 NASA missions of the past 50 years. The winner is we're going to see when we name our our top 5, mm-hmm. the ones that uh, we have left standing on our on our sheet is that are winner. unique. They're unique, you know, because okay. if we, so let's say for example, I choose uh, 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 the moon landing. The moon landing. Let, yeah. Let's say that's that's too obvious. That, that is very yeah, obvious. That's obvious. Yeah. Well, you just scratch that. That's up. a yeah. gimme. That's right. a gimme. That's mm-hmm. a mulligan. Okay. okay, Franklin, we're gonna start with you. Uh, we want you to give us uh, your number five pick. Deep impact. Deep. <sighs> why did you choose deep impact? Deep impact. You know what? That is the equivalent of like throwing a, a, a baseball in the air in Japan and shooting it out of the sky from the United States. It's just out of control. The, 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 the whole, uh, uh, just to think of a, 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 an asteroid coming through space and then hitting it with a object and then taking these pictures. Yes, of it's very impact. cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're, okay. We're, uh, in, in other words, it's yeah. like. How Blair got a job, you know? It's just like, <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. You know what? There you go. It's just, it's just an awesome. Okay. Okay. What, right. Deep what, impact. What, what's your number five? I didn't have deep impact. I didn't have it either. Uh, that, so that, so that's he's one already, for you. already that, one for him. That's good. I went with the um, the pen that can write upside down. You know, the the astronaut pen, so that you can when you're lying or when you're in. Remember the astronaut pen where you can write upside down and gravity doesn't affect it. Did, did you did you read the instructions for this game? I ha- I thought no, that that no, was no, a significant no, no, no. accomplishment. Okay. All right, well, NASA pen. That's no. and I, I I gathered neither one of you thought it, of that. It's, one. it's not a mission. It's an accomplishment. We said mission, but that's is deep is deep impact was a mission. mission. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, just okay. I'm a little. I was. Did you okay. have NASA pen on yours? No. Okay. Well, that's one for him. Well, that's, it's that's, a, that's debatable. That's debatable. All right. Okay. Okay. Mine was. You know, I'm going for significance. It's something that really changed the way we explore. And my number five was the International Space Station. Oh, ISS. Yes, yes ISS. Okay. Yeah, I, I had ISS. You had ISS? On, Did on you my... have ISS? Did not have ISS. Okay, well, that doesn't count for me because you had it. So my 
fourth one was um, the scramjet. The scramjet engine? Yeah, okay. the scramjet engine. Because I think that's pretty significant. I mean, is that? am I wrong? What would you have for number four? For number four was the Mars rover. Okay, I, I, I did not have Mars rover. I had, the, I had the rover on mine. I had Hubble for number four. Okay. I had Hubble. I had Hubble, too. <sighs> because, yeah, that's hands down. Hubble. Yes, just... I had Hubble. All right, so that... Number three, I'll, I'll start uh, here. Voyager 1 and 2. Um, you had Voyager 2? Oh, I had Voyager. Man. I had Voyager. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we can't. We know Voyager 1 and 2 are our first two spacecraft. They're gonna be, you know, right now, they're on the cusp of leaving. Yeah, and also they're Milky responsible Way. for key dramatic changes in the Star Trek movie. Well, what, so what's your next one that you have? Number two. Shuttle. I had Shuttle 2. Yeah, because... Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, Shuttle is just... You can't. Why not? You can't. You have to have shuttle on your what, top what, five list. I, but it, see, it's kind it's, of crazy it's, not to have. Yeah, it. it's, it's just been the workhorse yeah, of the NASA. But it, according yeah. to the rules, you wanted unique, so I didn't want to put the shuttle. Yeah, I went with the but, pen. But, but they're important missions. They are important. We're going with missions. Yeah, missions, not uniqueness of, a, of okay. an accomplishment. All right, uh, just a little. It's not innovation yeah. fabrication. Okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Although that was a good game. Yeah. I All right. Well, it. and my number one was the Apollo landing. But we, we said that doesn't count yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, we threw yeah, that out. That's yeah, the mulligan. That. Yeah, that was That's mulligan. the mulligan. And why, why are you throwing it out, though? Well, um, it, it, it's, it's very significant, but it was a gimme. Oh, I, just, I, I just assumed we all had it down as a gimme on our sheet. What, oh. that, 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 what it, it well, is a gimme. Now, but that's a technicality. Did you have it on your list? I had it on my list. Did you have it on your five? I didn't put it on my five. I didn't put it on my five. You buy technicality, you get it. But we were going to throw that out, but you put it on your list. Yeah, because that's... When you said gimme, I thought you said, well, everyone has it on our list because I was going to scratch it since we all had it. But since I've got it, that's one point. It's a tie. We all tied. It's just like kissing our sister. We need a tiebreaker. What do we do for a tiebreaker? NASA pin. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, let's go to the music, background music, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get some time. All right. And then we'll come back. Okay. All right. All right. We, but I still don't under, Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Background music. You're watching NASA Edge in flux. And inside and outside, look at all things. NASA will be back in 10 seconds. Yeah. Okay. But okay. I could write with the NASA pen. Hey, we're back. Uh, sorry for the uh, quick break, but yep. we wanted to have a little... Um, Little uh, tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Okay, so what's your tiebreaker? Well, um, Skylab. I got Skylab on my <laughs> <laughs> So, frankly, what do you got? If you, you got? Do, if you don't have Skylab, you win. You win. So what do you... I, I don't have Skylab. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you have? Pioneer. Pi- oh, Pioneer. Was, yeah, that's right. Pioneer was a good... In fact, it, was Skylab. it Pioneer uh, one that you covered in an old news segment? Probably. And, and yes, it was yeah. an anniversary, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's drawing on past news experience. That's, uh, that yeah, okay, all right. Well, I'm still, okay. I'm upset. I, I think, really, I should have won with the pen. But Let's uh, take a break yes. and uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of uh, settle down a little settle bit. Settle down get, a little get, bit. Get our bearings and straight. And do the news. And, we'll the come news. Back. and Franklin, are you ready for the news yes. today? And then I've got a, something special for you today. Oh, oh cool. Nice. Love cool. surprises. You're watching NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at every camera. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. I was about to say something. You screwed my oh, head. Did how did I screw that up? I was about to say, we were supposed to continue talking after. Oh, okay, you, you okay, just, okay. All right, let's do that again. Hey, welcome back to NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. I'm sorry. 
I just want to say I'm about the competition. Next time, you know, I'll be more prepared. But I, there was a discrepancy. I'm sorry. I'll have better events, and maybe we'll have a better competition next time. I'll tell you what, let's get to the news segment. With Good Franklin. idea. Franklin, what's Franklin, going on? What's going on? Hey, guys, in the news today, we're going to do something new. Um, uh, I actually got together with our social networking friends over at uh, Facebook and MySpace. Awesome. Uh, and then actually have a young lady uh, from Texas by the name of Carrie who's going to help us do the news today. Oh, our yes. Aggie friend. Yes. Uh, oh. On our entourage on Facebook. That's right. Perfect. Yes, yeah, so uh, uh, we're going to get uh, Carrie on the phone. Actually, Ron, is Carrie on the phone? Yeah. Hey, hey, hey Carrie, Carrie, how you doing? Hey, thanks for uh, coming out in uh, support of NASA Edge and doing the news. No problem. Uh, after you deliver the news, uh, we'll come by and, and, and give us uh, give some you criticism. The, some, just constructive. 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 Course. Yeah. Of course, by all means. Okay. So you ready to go? Right. I'm ready. All right. All right. What's happening in the news of uh, NASA, Carrie? Yes, Carrie, tell us. In early December, the Phoenix Lander team gathered at the Phoenix Operations Center at the University of Arizona in Tucson to perform an operational readiness test. They used a mock-up of the Phoenix lander in a test bed with similar conditions to Mars, and they simulated the landing and a few days of operations on the Martian surface. The Phoenix lander is currently scheduled to land on Mars on May 25, 2008. And I have the privilege of working on this mission, too. Oh, but, uh, oh, hey, that's, whoa, whoa, that's editorial. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, sorry, that, that, I'm sorry, I got a break in here. You know, all right, uh, hey, Carrie, Carrie, that is interesting that you worked on that project, but, you know, as a news item, you want to remain more objective. Okay. Carrie, what's pretty cool is what did you do on the project? That's kind of cool to me. Well, I thought I just told her to be objective, and now you're going I, I like to... I like to hear what she's, okay. what she's doing. Sorry, Carrie. Go ahead, Carrie. What, what are you doing on the Phoenix? Um, my professor is one of the co-investigators for the surface stereo imager, so I basically do whatever she tells me to do for it. <laughs> CSI Phoenix. That's what it sounded like to me. Hey, Carrie, by the way, why don't you uh, let everybody know what you're majoring in? Meteorology. Meteorology. Meteorology, okay. With an, with an emphasis on... Uh, the Martian atmosphere. Oh, cool. Well, let's talk about getting ahead of the game that's there. That's right. I mean, you know, it's, they're not doing daily hey, weather could reports you, Could you there. give us the uh, the five-day forecast for the Martian surface over the next uh, few days? Uh, Very ga- gassy. A little, a little bit dusty. A little bit dusty? A little. Okay. okay. Two, two words for Carrie. Overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. No, that's yeah, great. That's, that's, that's right. Okay, no. but that's only one item. One more news yes. item. Or another news item. All right. While the Mars Exploration Rover Spirit was heading towards its winter haven, it uncovered an area of soil that is rich in silica. Scientists believe this patch could have been formed due to a hot spring environment or a fumarole environment where acidic steam rises through the cracks in the rocks. On Earth, both of these kinds of environments are full of microbial life. Steve Squires, the principal investigator for the rovers, says this concentration of silica is probably the most significant discovery by Spirit for revealing a habitable niche that existed on Mars in the past. So, uh, Carrie, tell me about these rovers. Uh, they're kind of uh, getting ready to hunker down for the Martian winter. I understand there's this idea now with the Martian dust collecting on the solar panels that um, you know, it takes longer to recharge those, uh, those batteries. Yeah, Spirit unfortunately wasn't cleared off after the dust storm that they had over the summer, so her power is really hurting. So they're trying to get her to the north-facing uh, slope so she'll get more sunlight for the winter. Opportunities in Victoria Crater, and the way that she's entering in is she's tilted toward the north, so she gets a lot more power, and her solar panels were cleaned off after the dust storm. So she's doing a lot better than Spirit. Are there any he rovers on the on Mars? Um. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know who's going to check because <laughs> it's going to be a little tough. And, and, and Carrie, by any way, do, do you have a pipeline into the NASA TV channel? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's clear. It's clear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. If we're...
if we're even done with the news or not, but she gets an A+. Plus. I'm sorry. It, even... I mean, anybody that can mention Mars and Hot Springs in the same uh, report gets uh, kudos from me. Well, I, I gotta give kudos to Franklin because that's a that's a great program getting our our, our friends on on the line to do the news. And 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 Carrie did an excellent job. I, I really think she did great. I think we should have her back soon. Well, we'll see because you know I don't know whether you know you know how much tutelage uh, Franklin gave you, but clearly, uh, you know, you have a gift here. We, we need to Hey, Carrie, you know what that means. If you do the news, and I guess Franklin gets to sit, sit back and relax and yeah. he doesn't need to work. There you go. Hey, thank you, Carrie. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll mail you a check. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Carrie, for doing the news for us today. You did a great job, and hopefully we won't only just see you on Facebook, but perhaps have you come back and do some more news for us in the future. I'll make sure not to be biased next time. Oh, there you go. Hey, Carrie, thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Right. Hey, you're watching NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. She was, she was great, wasn't she? Great. She yeah. did better. We don't need Franklin. Yeah. Then, Goodness no. gracious. Franklin, you're off the picture. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Hey, let's get to the significant portion of today's program. Yes, the meaty part. Yes, which are two cool projects from Dryden Flight Research Center. Sophia. And Ikana. Perfect. And uh, kudos to Franklin, who actually put us in contact with a lovely Sherry Olson from the Strategic Communication Office out there, who set a lot of this up and made it possible for us to see all that yeah, we thank, saw thanks about a lot those Franklin. missions. That was, thanks, that was a good contact. I'm glad she took care of you guys. Oh, oh well, she was uh, the best. And no in fact, uh, she even took us to where all the astronauts go. Yes. All the astronauts that land at Edwards Air Force Base. Every last one. Eat at, uh, at nice Domingo's. At Domingo's yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's a Domingo's little Mexican restaurant. Yeah, it's great. It was Perfect. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. When we went to the restaurant, there were all these pictures on the wall from each mission where the astronauts came in and actually ate there. So yes, was that, really was, nice. that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, a little slice of history I, there. Are you guys going to be able to put your picture on the wall? Um, I left a lot of pictures of myself. <laughs> I, I don't know if they're going to put it on the wall. That's the, you know. But the first uh, mission we're going to talk about today is Sophia. Which is the Stratospheric mm-hmm. Observatory for infrared, uh, infrared Astronomy. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing when we talk about uh, telescopes. You know, we right. look at the, the ground-based telescopes. Yep. You know, we have many of them across the uh, country. And then yep. we have the airport, the, the, the space telescopes, like Hubble, Hubble. and soon to be James it's Webb. James Webb, but, that's right. And, but what about the airborne guys? And they kind of get left out in all this. Well, they used to get left out, but not anymore. They're putting Sophia together, and it's right. going to be a perfect complement to those two. So it'll be uh, interesting as, as we share with the, the audience what right. we learned. By the way, um, not a good idea to ask astronomers what their sign is, as I found out. <laughs> um, you know, they don't take kindly to that. Not that I believe in that, but incidentally, that was kind of... Well, I tell you what, let's yeah. go ahead and see uh, what took place at Dryden uh, Flight Research okay. Center. All right, we'll do okay. that. Okay, cool. All right. Now the telescope, it's a pretty big telescope. It's, it's about what, two and a half meters? Right. And it's going to be looking at uh, the space in the infrared range? That's right, yeah. So what are some of the advantages of looking at space in the infrared <clears throat> well, range? Well, inf- infrared, it's just above the visual range where we can actually see with our eyes. With Sophia, we're looking at stars that generated the light that we're looking at hundreds of millions of years ago. And so the infrared is actually able to see through that dust and uh, see things that you can't see in the visual range. So essentially what you're talking about is really high-tech baby pictures for stars. That's right, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, what are, what's sort of the, the long-term 
uh, goals of Sophia. How, how many years do you expect to use this type of aircraft and to and for the instrument to last? The design is for a 20-year life uh, lifetime for the telescope and the airplane itself. We don't actually expect to uh, start gathering um, astronomy data on stars until 09. Yeah. Oh, nine, okay. Yeah, we, so we won't get any pictures of stars, if you will, until uh, oh, 09. So really, when, when Sophia is up and operational, I mean, this is sort of uh, roughly around the same time where James Webb will be up. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have Hubble with this last surfacing mission coming up, and then we have all the ground base systems. So it's really complements all the telescopes into one they, big yeah. package. Yeah, yeah they, really, they really do, because uh, Hubble does most of its work in the visual range. Right. And so um, the work that uh, Sophia can do actually will complement a lot of the other uh, a lot of the other observatories. Well, so what are the advantages then of having this infrared uh, telescope on an airborne system as opposed to just launching a satellite with the infrared telescope? If you're going to put an instrument in space on a, on a um, spacecraft, you have to pick that technology between five and ten years before the launch, okay. go ahead and develop the instrument. Right. And so when the, the instrument actually goes up in space, it's probably using technology that's at least five years old, maybe right. more. Wow. With Sophia, because you, you you land after every right. mission and you can change the instrument right. out, right. you can actually be flying the latest and greatest state of the art. It's it's easily good. upgradable. That's right. Yeah, easily upgradable. I understand that the uh, the instrument itself uh, was developed by the Germans, and there's a lot of international cooperation. Yes, it's an international program, and the Germans actually built the telescope. And um, the U.S. made the, supplied the money for the modifications to the airplane, and it is, it's a quite large modification. There's a rather large hole that's been cut in the back of the airplane. Now, the the, the, the room that we're in now, this is a control room for uh -huh. Sophia. This is mission control center for when we do flight tests on Sophia. And uh, right now, because we made such a large modification to the airplane, we're actually. Uh, uh, recertifying the airplane to be able to uh, um, go do the mission that we want to do and then be able to carry scientists and other people on board the airplane. Hey, so maybe we can go uh, get a chance to see Sophia in the hangar. That'd yeah, be great. that'd be great. I think Jim Mills is waiting uh, waiting for you to show up down oh, the road. Oh, cool. Now. Perfect. Maybe it's a flight. I, I hope so. Hey, we're here with Jim Mills, who's the avionics instrumentation lead for Sophia. Hey, Jim, how are you doing? Good, good. Welcome to Dryden. Hey, thank you very much. I've got one quick question for you. Sure. Looking at this gorgeous airplane, I'm wondering, have you at least done away with that rigid class structure system where you've got people in coach and first class and all this animosity? Or Actually, we, we don't have the first class, the economy class, we just have science class. Science class, science okay. Class. What about liberal arts? Uh, liberal arts, no. well, they, they get to set up the piano bar. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm there. Now, what we have behind us is a 747 SP. That's correct. And what's that? How's that different than a regular 747? Well, the 747 SP, SP standing for Special Performance. Um, it was a plane that was built to climb to high altitude and cruise long distances at high speed. So. Uh, to make it go faster, they took about 36 feet of fuselage out, made the plane lighter, put on special high-performance wings, uh, which with the normal engines uh, made it very fast, the fastest 747 made. And of course, NASA liking things very fast, we put on bigger engines. Okay. And um, it was the perfect plane for flying an airborne astronomy telescope to high altitude. So that was a good choice. So what kind of speeds are we talking about? Can this thing break the sound barrier, or is it? Not intentionally, but it can it can fly at about 0.84 Mach, okay. and uh, that's pretty quick. Um, originally, it was uh, able to fly at about 0.96 Mach, but with the telescope uh, doors in it, they have decided to hold it down, hold the speed limit down a little bit, 
until uh, the flight test is over, and then maybe they'll extend it. Wait a minute, is there some kind of like speed limit system up in the air? Right, I mean, air traffic controllers have radar guns, and they're oh. keeping track of you on the top. <laughs> Oh, that's not good. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can't ever beat the system. So really, the, the, the telescope dictated the type of aircraft that you were going to... That's correct. Okay. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very large structure. It's about 40,000 pounds. Plus, uh, we have a lot of uh, installations for scientists to sit at, and teachers, and uh, people interested in the science that's going on in flight. So, Jim, where is the telescope going to be housed on the plane? The telescope's located in what would be the aft cabin on a regular 747, about where the, uh, the lavatories and the aft galley are located, behind a pressure wall, so that uh, the telescope operates in the atmosphere that the plane's flying through. Uh, there's no, nothing between the telescope mirror and the outside of the airplane. The hatch uh, tracks around to the opposite side of the airplane on a set of forward and aft tracks, and uh, it's a 16-foot wide hole, and uh, the door was about 1,600 pounds, and uh, it uh, allows the mirror to see right through the air, through the side of the plane. Well, Jim, thank you so much for giving us a tour of Sophia. That was a cool looking plane. My pleasure. You're watching NASA Edge. Hey, an inside and outside look at all things NASA. Hey, welcome back to NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Boy, that's Sophia aircraft. It's unbelievable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, it's fabulous. And I can't wait to see it uh, when the doors actually open in flight and start gathering data. And the fact that we might have the opportunity to be on that flight, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, if we play our cards right. right. So it would be great, Franklin. You'll get out there and actually sit inside Sophia on one of these missions. It'd be great. About 40,000 feet. It's going to be cool. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised uh, you didn't make it out there and get in the plane already. Well, well you know, we... we, we <laughs> We tried it. <laughs> we could. And if they were flying, we would have been there. That's you, right. You weren't able to work your mojo. No, no. I tried. Hey, but we got a, another cool aircraft need to talk about. The, the Icona. That's right, which is a Predator uh, drone mm -hmm. uh, that's unmanned. Right. Which means, you know, there's no pilot in the cockpit. Right. And which is frustrating because I thought maybe I could apply all my Xbox skills uh, and, and maybe get a flight out there, Franklin. But apparently they do not honor experience points uh, from Xbox Live. Yeah, his pilot's license with Xbox isn't working. With yeah. this point. So it's just not like a little joystick oh, control no. deal. No, it's very elaborate. Oh, well, they have fact. a joystick. It's it looks like a real flight cockpit. Right. I mean, it's got all the controls and all the the everything you'd see. In How a many people plane. actually operate the the, the uh, drone? It's one pilot. One pilot. One pilot. Yeah. Well. We'll answer a bevy of questions after we check out the <laughs> right, icon. That's cool. Well, let's check Sorry. out the second. Yeah, let's take a look. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're here with Brent Coboy, the project manager for the Icona. And uh, Brent, uh, tell us about this great aircraft you have behind you. Okay, what we got behind us is, a, is an unmanned aircraft. It's called the Predator B. And NASA's uh, purchased this airplane so that we can use uh, unmanned aircraft to do different types of science missions and also to develop technologies for unmanned aircraft. And that unmanned obviously meaning just like a, a remote control airplane, basically. Yeah, there are some unmanned aircraft that um, are flied totally autonomously, but an aircraft like this actually has a uh, pilot it sits on the ground in a ground control station. So it's really remotely piloted aircraft. Oh, remotely piloted. So what's some of the primary objectives of this aircraft? So we wanted to use it to uh, perform science missions. What we'll do is we'll take science sensors that need to study the atmosphere or the Earth, and we'll okay. just carry them around. Uh, what's neat about this aircraft is it can fly for more than 24 hours. Wow. So you can actually collect data over a complete day-night cycle. So that's one of the key things we use the airplane for. 
Now I understand that this particular aircraft uh, took uh, part in the wildfires? Here at NASA Dryden, we worked closely with NASA Ames and okay. with the U.S. Forest Service. Okay. And so what we did is we integrated an infrared sensor. And what that infrared sensor did is it can see heat, essentially. Okay. And so by flying that over the fires, we can actually, essentially, like you said, take pictures of the fires, okay. map out the fires. And then those images get sent through our satellite system that we're commanding the airplane with down to the fire incident commanders. Okay. And then they use that data to figure out where they need to put fire resources to be able to manage the wildfires. Early in the summer, we actually did some demonstration missions. We flew from here in Southern California as far away as Montana, Wyoming, um, and Idaho, and Washington State. So we were covering many, many fires in one long mission. Um, so we did several of those kind of missions and, and basically developed the technologies and developed a way to use them. And then when the big wildfires popped up in Southern California, it turned into a real emergency. And the governor's office called and asked if we could respond to that, and we did. Now, what are some type of other science experiments that you foresee in the future that might be used on this aircraft? Yeah, there, there's a lot of different stuff in this uh, sensor that's called a fiber optic wing shape sensing system. And using a very thin hair-sized fiber optic wire, we can measure the shape of the wing. And by doing that, we can design lighter and lighter wings uh, oh, for the future. Nice, nice. And be able to fly instead of one day, maybe be able to fly airplanes that can fly for three days at a time on one tank of gas. Now, structurally, what is this plane made out of? Is this an aluminum aircraft? Is it composites? Yeah, it's made out of uh, carbon composite. Okay. So it's very, very lightweight. In fact, it can carry, uh, it almost doubles its weight when we load it with fuel. Oh, really? It carries about 4,000 pounds of fuel, and the airplane itself is only about 5,000 pounds. Could it carry a uh, flare? Skipped a few meals, grab a legal pad and some binoculars, strap this to the bottom, I'm good to go. I'm gathering data. Uh, technically, this would be stowing away, but I think I can fit in the name of science. Why not? Yes, NASA headquarters, we have spotted the wildfires. Whenever you fly high altitude or long duration, you really want long wings. So a wing with a high aspect ratio. That's right. exactly right. right. You know what that is, high aspect ratio? Yeah, that's like 16 by 9 for your widescreen movies. I mean, that's <laughs> it, it, very, right, very similar. Right? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I'll, right. I'll educate okay. you about that. I, I like it. Widescreen. So this section right here is sort of the heart and soul of the aircraft. Yeah. This is where all the all the flight control computers, right the there. navigation systems, mm -hmm. the satellite systems all go in here. So that's the main part of the brains. Okay. The mid part of the fuselage is mostly um, carries fuel. So that okay. 4,000 pounds of fuel kind of starts in here and okay. runs all over the wing or into the wing. And then what you've got in the back here, you can see, is because we've got the panels off right now. Right is this uh, turboprop airplane. This is great. You're, you're watching NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. So Franklin, uh, what do you think? You think his pilot's license, the Xbox 360, could actually fly the Predator? Well, you know, I would log quite a few hours on Xbox Live, so I, 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 if he was up to where I am, he could handle it. Oh, no, wait, that's, uh, see, I don't know. Because we were talking to the pilots right. out there, Franklin, and they said one of the one of the differences is, I mean, you, well, there are lots of differences, right. but, uh, there's really no comparison other than the fact that uh, you know, you're, not ex you're not in a plane. Right. Uh, maybe that similarity, but that's where it ends. I mean, they've got to run multi-hour long missions. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's the real deal because let's say something goes wrong, and I mean, they don't have you know, a 360-degree <laughs> window to look. I mean, they got to right. figure out what's going on right there in the uh, you know in the trailer. That's what they said. <laughs> no, but the other big <laughs> thing. Yeah. No, you don't get an extra light. You you crash the Icona, and you know you're. You know, it's very difficult. I mean, it's, it's a lot harder than they think. So, you can't uh, just reboot and start over again. Right. I mean, it becomes yeah. an uh, other than honorable discharge. <laughs> yeah, <there's laughs> something like that. Speaking, speaking it's a real of Econa, concern. Speaking yes. of Econa, what's Econa stand for? 
Icona. What does Icona stand for? Is it an acronym or is it just a name? I, I know the answer to that. Do you want... Well, it actually sounds like the place where I bought my new bedroom set. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, no, so, no. Okay, no, Mr. Insider. It, it, it is we, not. It is we, not. We, we interviewed uh, the, but, the project manager and... It, it's it not. It's not. It doesn't stand for anything. Are it you is, sure? I am positive. It is a uh, a Choctaw term, Icona. Right. So it, it doesn't like you can't break it down and tell you know what it means. Is that your final answer? Um. Yes. Okay. Spell Icona. What's Icona spell? I K. Write it down. H- write it down. Oh, sorry. I K. H. I don't need to wait for you. A and A. I know how to spell Icona. I can't have another NASA acronym. Wow, the host doesn't realize that can't is spelled with a C. Sometimes it's also spelled with a K. From the Icona crew. Okay, right. now, before we wrap up the show... Uh, I we, can't have another segment. we got to just... Oh, no, no, we're going to have a, just a short segment. Okay. We actually, with our Facebook friends, yes. uh, we had a poll uh, on Facebook. The question is, uh, how did Blair get the job as co-host of NASA Edge? One, he has a stellar resume in production. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Two, his mom campaigned for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, third choice was he, he was endorsed by Chipotle and In-N-Out. Next one was the set therapist felt sorry for him. Okay. And then the final choice was he creates unusual road CDs. Well, I've heard about uh, 75 to 80% of those road CDs, and they're uh, pretty interesting. Right. Um, but uh, if I'd have to put some money on it, mom put in a couple coals for him. <laughs> And you know, okay, here are the results. 47%, which was the number one answer, was says your mom campaigned for you. Okay, 47% wrong, but that's okay. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. We have a great relationship, but she had nothing to do with me getting a job other than bringing me into the world and raising me as a creative genius. We have a special Facebook friend online. That actually helped out with this. Is my mom on Facebook? Well, I don't know. Uh, is Is our Facebook friend online? Hello. Oh, is this is this uh, Miss Allen? Mrs. Allen. Uh, yes, this is Mrs. Allen. Oh, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> how did I get them? Hey. Well, mom, it, this is great. How did you do that? It is it is Blair's mom on the line. <laughs> well, Blair's smart and he has a vivid imagination and he's a creative thinker. So being the youngest of four, he developed strength early on to overcome adversity. And I thought he would add the spark, the red hair, to make NASA Edge an interesting and innovating, innovative show. Wow. Look at that. You know. Mom, are you freestyling that? I mean, <laughs> did you write that in advance? That's amazing. <laughs> she, she called several times to, to campaign for you for the, for the, for the job. And Blair, you owe me one. Oh, <laughs> man. I, I owe you quite a bit, Mom. <laughs> well, thank you. Wow, that's incredible. Well, thanks for coming on. This is great. Absolutely. Well, it was great. I enjoyed talking to you, and I'm really proud of you. Well, you all do a great job. Well, thank you. Well, if you hold off, uh, hold on the line, we'll talk to you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and let's sign off, and uh, you're watching NASA Edge. Uh, an, an inside and outside look at all things uh, familial and, and uh, NASA. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> oh. Nice to hear from you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, that's great. You got me.